faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Laurel's undies. Love oral always. These are silky latex undies designed for comfort, pleasure, and they are FDA cleared for STI protection during oral sex and rimming. They can also be used during period time to protect against the sensitivity of stubble. They can be used during kink play and anyone experiencing dysphoria. This is the perfect product for you. They come in two styles, bikini and shorty, which is like a boy short, and they come in two colors, opaque black and sheer peach with a light vanilla scent, and they are safe to use with any water-based lube. They are tasteless, super stretchy, and made of natural rubber latex. So head over to mylaurels.com, that's M-Y-L-O-R-A-L-S, all one word, dot com, and type in coupon code PUMPUM, that's P-U-M-P-U-M, for a discount on your next purchase. Laurels Latex Undies, helping you to continue to love oral always. <laughs> greetings, 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 and welcome, Pum Pum Passe. Bless up yourselves. This is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. I hope everyone has been, everyone, Lord God, I can't even talk again. <laughs> I hope everyone has been well. It's been a minute. Um, you know, I took a break uh, from podcast life just to focus on self-care, focus on family, focus on some new endeavors and things that I have going on. And, you know, just to take a take a break and, and just recuperate and recalibrate and regroup and come back fresh and strong. Um, and I think definitely that everyone needs to do that when you feel like yourself maybe spiraling or going down a rabbit hole of some kind. You know, just just take a break, take a pause. Everyone who rocks with you will continue to rock with you. And everybody who stands by you uh, will continue. And anybody who falls off, they just weren't meant to stay. And that's Okay. I, of course, am your host, AJ Badass Jones. <laughs> you can find me on my social media platforms. So an interesting thing, as you all may have seen on my uh, socials, uh, Instagram decided to snatch the podcast page. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, because uh, anything that I'd posted had been repost some things. So it wasn't like it was any type of new content. So, you know, people have been sympathetic and reaching out and all that kind of stuff. Um, I appealed it. They decided not to. But in that week that my podcast page got taken, a number of people that I know had their page, their pages ripped up from under them as well. I don't know <laughs> if Instagram was doing a purge or whatever it is. Um, you know, I for sure think that some has flagged things because uh, just even with the uh, personal page I've noticed recently and going into my settings and checking the account status that there are posts that have been flagged from like a year and a half ago that had no issue a year and a half ago. So it's it's interesting. Uh, whoever is out there, if you're bad mind and bad minding me, you know, more power to you. I'm not going anywhere. I came back strong. The podcast page is up. Um, still the Pum Pum Chronicles and we are still here. So you can find me on my social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter at the Pum Pum Chronicles. Um, and you can also follow my personal page, badass underscore Jones underscore. You know, there's different things on either of the pages. There's podcast episodes, some really amazing guests over the years that I've been doing this. Uh, celebrated my four-year anniversary this year. Yay! 
Um, but there's a link to merch. There's a link to my OnlyFans if you're interested. Uh, and if you want to get in contact with me to discuss any of the podcast podcast episodes to uh ask any questions anything that you'd like me to answer uh or anything thereof you can get in contact with me in one of two ways you can either reach me by email and that's the pom pom chronicles at gmail.com or you can hit the call in line uh send me a message leave me a voice note i will respond the number of course is 320-270-1086 and the podcast can be found still on all platforms where podcasts are hosted including but not limited to amazon uh apple iTunes and Spotify. So, um, the first episode back, of course, I'm going to tackle uh, some questions that have been asked in the time frame that I've been away. Um, I've had dialogue with some people who have asked the conver- sorry, asked the questions, but I felt, you know, let me just answer them on the podcast, sort of for the general public in case there's anyone wondering the same kind of things or having the same sorts of issues. Um, so first and foremost, shout out and thank you to everyone who sent me a question, asked a question, has an interest in my... <laughs> personal life and and the things that are are of interest to me and you know uh, any sort of quirky habits uh childhood lifetime type of things um and for those of you who have submitted actual questions that you wanted me to answer whether i've spoken to you as yet or not and or i haven't answered them um thank you for submitting those questions thank you for trusting me first and foremost and always um to anyone who i haven't answered yes i promise that i will get to them i try to do the answers to questions submitted through like the love jones episodes and those are typically one every four recordings um with guests in between so i appreciate your patience please don't think that I've forgotten about you or I'm ignoring you. I have not. Uh, I will respond to let you know that at the very least I've gotten your questions and I will um, at some point uh, answer them. So uh, let's get started. Question number one that was asked, uh, I've actually answered this question to the person who asked, but they asked me, uh, AJ, what is one quirky thing about you that people don't know? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I like Bollywood movies. Not that that in and of itself is strange, but when I was a kid, when I was uh, maybe nine years old, um, I used to get up early on Saturday mornings, um, maybe about 6.30. It was Channel 7. And <laughs> way back then, yes, a long, long, long time ago, um, you know, you had a limited selection of channels. It was the kind of thing like where you had to get up and <laughs> turn the dial on the TV. Um, but we were fancy. We were uppity niggas. Uh, we had the cable box with the brown... For any of you know who grew up in them times, okay? So it was a brown box that had like a bunch of different buttons on it, almost like a switchboard. Then again, some of you might not know what a switchboard is, but just bear with me. So it was a, it was a box. Um, a little bit smaller than like a shoe box. So if you're thinking like, uh, like a Nike shoe, like a sports shoe box that had a cable that ran to the TV and attached to the TV and you would push the buttons and it would give you like additional channels. So we had one of those. Anyhow, I digress. <laughs> so it was channel seven, Saturday mornings, I'd wake up early. I'd be the only one up. Um, and I would watch Bollywood movies. I would watch it. Ning, 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 those type of, yes, <laughs> don't cuss me. Don't say that I'm racist. I'm not. But that's, you. we all know, that's the type of music I was playing. The bangarang. Bangra? Bangra? Not bangarang. Bangarang is a Jamaican word. Bangra. Bangra music. I used to wake up early and I used to watch these movies. 
And I used to dance around in the living room and it was like the single greatest thing that gave me joy. And right after watching um, the Bollywood movies, and it's interesting because at the time I didn't know that that's what they were called. I just called them Indian movies or Pakistani movies because that's what I knew as a kid. Because um, we had Pakistani neighbors and my babysitter was Indian, although I think she was from Guyana, if I recall correctly. But again, I digress. So after watching the uh, the Bollywood movies, um, then the Kikaz movies would come on. That, and that's the... Um, uh, the karate movies, Five Deadly Venoms, uh, Drunken Master, like all them good Wu-Tang Clan, the original Wu-Tang Clan uh, type of movies. But yeah, I would I would get a, I wasn't like much of a, a cartoons uh, kind of person. I mean, I did watch Looney Tunes and all that kind of stuff. But my favorite thing to do as a little kid on a Saturday morning was get up and watch Bollywood movies. I was completely taken uh and and smitten with the plot lines and the storylines and the dancing and it's really weird because i think okay everyone knows i hate rom-coms i hate romantic movies i hate and, and hate is a strong word it's a word that i generally don't like to to use so i will say that i i strongly dislike um rom-coms and uh uh comedies not comedies i, I don't really dig comedies either but rom-coms and and just romantic movies in general uh i'm not a super duper fan of i have watched them i will watch them i don't go out of my way to watch them but if they're on you know the movie channel and ting on ting and, and i happen to catch one halfway through like i'll stay and watch it but as a first choice those are hardline no's for me but interestingly enough I enjoyed the love stories and the the love plot lines in the Bollywood movies. They they, they were romantic movies to me. They weren't. Uh, I mean, they had comedic moments and and what have you. But for me, I would say that that was like my first real and true experience and being in touch with what romance movies were like somebody was always like there was a woman that was always in this in like damsel in distress kind of thing and you know some some men always went to go save her there was always a dance scene they would always have like a moment where they kiss but it wasn't like in hollywood movies where their heads are wiggling from side to side like it was one of those press my lips to yours and embrace you and lean you back kind of kisses i know they they did that in the old time but it just was simple it was and and <laughs> I don't know, like it was weird because now I really truly dislike romantic movies. But that was my first introduction to romance type of movies that I really enjoyed. And like I said, oddly enough, they were they were Bollywood movies. So that is something quirky that uh, now you all <laughs> know about me. Second question, um, AJ. Whew. What is it like having adult children and they do they know about your lifestyle choices? Um, so this is an interesting one for me. Um, as most or all of you knew, know, uh, so my, my son is 28, my daughter is 25. And um, I knew a long time ago, uh, one thing for certain that I wanted to have children. Um, I never knew for sure that I wanted to be married because that was never as much of a big deal to me for a number of different reasons. Um, but I knew that I wanted to be married. And I also knew that if I wasn't married, that I wanted to have a good co-parenting relationship with my children's father. Um, so I've ha I had children. Uh, we were married for a short amount of time. And uh, then we went, we went our separate ways. We worked really hard at having, I will say we have an amazing and have had an amazing co-parenting relationship. It was rocky at first and definitely difficult to, you know, set boundaries and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But we, we made it work and it worked really well um, for all the years that it has. 
But one of the things that was most important to me uh, in that decision to have children and in having children was to have an open type of relationship with them that I did not have with my parents and that so many Caribbean people, uh, Jamaican people, don't have with their parents. Um, you know, you, you kind of get tired of hearing, like, you can't talk about things or you can't ask a specific question because I don't even think it's so much so that the question itself is bad, but I think it embarrasses the recipient of the question. And because they don't have the knowledge, they just get mad. So, you know, I'm going to keep it specific to Jamaica, but Jamaican parents, like, you, there's certain things that you can't ask them. And I feel like it's the embarrassment that makes them get angry at you for asking the question, maybe not the actual question themselves, because they don't have a, a good answer, you know, um, because what they know and what they learned is from their parents and their parents taught their parents and so on and so forth. And there were just a lot of conversations that were never, were never had. And so, um, because I was very sexually aware of myself uh, at the age, like in my, in my early 20s, I knew... Um, I knew about the goddess that lived in me. I'll say it that way. Uh, I wanted to ensure that my children were raised in a way where they were, they didn't have to fear asking me anything. And if it was something that I didn't know that I could say to them, I don't know, but I'm going to find out and I will, I will answer you. What I didn't want to have happen was for my children to be raised and, and get information much the way that a lot of us did, which, which was through our friends, bad advice, hearsay, their personal experiences, which may not have been particularly good. Um, and so I wanted to not have them have to go through that so they, they could set a path for themselves that didn't have to um, stay in the direction that their forebears did. So me, their dad, um, you know, their grandparents, their great grandparents and so on. Uh, and so I, I made a conscious effort, even in some cases <laughs> where it was uncomfortable, to um, make sure that we always had open dialogue. So now that they're grown, um, you know, I, I can honestly say that we have a great relationship because one of the things that I also endeavor to do is just make sure that they had autonomy. Um, I never wanted to be that parent that overparented my kids. I wanted to parent them enough that they could make healthy choices and good decisions. And even if the decisions and choices that they made weren't good, that they knew that there was a safe space that they could come back to, um, you know, to, to talk and to share and to get advice and to cry and to, you know, be embarrassed if that was the case, but not in that type of way where they felt shame, but they felt embarrassed for themselves because of the bad choice that they made, that they know that they maybe should have made a better choice. Hopefully that made sense what I just said. Um, but now that they're adults, you know, it's interesting. I, I, when I talk to my daughter, she at 25 is now giving, um, some of her younger friends, advice that I gave her or advice that she has carried through the years and, and the things that she's done that now help her. One of her dear friends just turned 21 and, you know, 21, you start feeling yourself, you start feeling your sexiness, you know, you start coming into your womanhood and your manhood, um, you know, and, and you start to pay attention to the goings-ons around you and the people who are paying attention to you. And sometimes we don't always make the best choices because we're giddy-headed. We're now, you know, the, the bells of the balls and the bows of the balls and everyone's looking at us and we're now the center of attention. And so, you know, you kind of get giddy-headed. But she's now giving advice to, um, you know, her friends based on her life experiences, based on her having had the room to grow and to mature and, and to have, you know, um, healthy boundaries that were set, that were adjusted as she got older and as she matured and, and, and what have you. So, um, 
having adult children has has been interesting because it's really weird sometimes i look at them like how did we get here like how are you now 28 and 25 when you know i feel like literally i went to sleep and overnight they became just big people um but it's it's been uh it's been rewarding it's been you know of course challenging like any relationships are sometimes you butt butt heads and all that but we always make a way for one another to come back to a conversation, even if it's been a difficult conversation. Um, as they've gotten older as well with my lifestyle choices, I've, I've been honest with them, to tell you the truth. I've never had cause to lie to them. Of course, I don't, you know, give them all kinds of like details as, as if I'm talking to like he's or, or um, you know, my other best friend, Trisha. Like it's not that kind of thing, but, you know, so my only fans for example um so if if most or, or all of you know or maybe some of you know or don't know my son is muslim his wife is muslim um and you know it's it's a journey for him that has always been supported by myself and his dad and his sister and, and their older brother and you know like uh and and i've always had open conversations with my son um and so when i decided to open a, a start an only fans uh during the pandemic you know i had a a very honest conversation with them. We did like a, a, a FaceTime. Keith hates when we call it FaceTime video chat because FaceTime apparently is only for iPhone people. So we had a, a video, a video conference, the three of them and the three of us. And I let them know um, that uh, this was something that I was considering doing. And interestingly enough, my concern wasn't really my daughter because I know that she's 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 cool, you know, and not that my son isn't cool, but because of his background, uh, sorry, because of his his faith and because I wasn't sure how his wife would feel about that. And her parents are very. Um, uh, her parents are interesting. We'll just say that. Um I wasn't sure, like, I never wanted it to impact him in, 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 any, it's in any sort of way, um, especially, too, with his career choice. I never wanted to come back where, like, oh, you know, you seen your mom, your mom was doing, you know what I mean, one of them kind of things that, because I know if somebody was to say that to Ashante, she would cuss out their bumbo, and that would just be the end of it, right? But with my son, <laughs> um, it was more of a concern for how it might impact his future, and and he was like, mom... I love you. You've always made good choices. You've always steered us right. I have no problem with anything that you do. I hope you make lots of money. <laughs> you know, that was what he said. And I was like, oh, you know, like that's 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 cool. Like they've never knocked me um for anything that I've chosen. And if you see my son, he doesn't have a piercing, he doesn't have a tattoo, he does he's a he's a really he's a really cool guy. Uh I was gonna say a cool kid, but they're not kids. He's a cool guy. Um if I could say that he's probably one of the least judgmental people that I know and not like just, he just, he takes people at face value. He never tries to push his faith on anyone. Um, he is, I listen to me. I've come home and had Jehovah's witness people inside my house with this young man sitting down talking to them and they're exchanging viewpoints on their, you know what I mean? Like he's just that kind of kid. And so when it came to what I thought might be judgment from him or him being displeased with my choice, he wasn't like his, his big thing is like, I hope you make lots of money. And that was it. You know, and he's like, if it, if you're happy doing that and it's not hurting you and it's not hurting anybody, um, I'm good with that. And, and, you know, that's kind of how I raised them around making choices, you know, um, 
you never say to somebody, make make sure you make good choices. This is, this is what our parents used to tell us. Make sure you make good choices because really and truly, what is a good choice? A good choice is something that's good for you. But when somebody is telling you make good choices, they're telling you to make the choices that they would make that are not going to embarrass them, you know? And so um, when he said to me, like, you know, he he supports whatever I choose to do and that he hopes that I make lots of money and that, you know... Um, and everything else that was centered around the conversation. My daughter said the same things as, as well. You know, she's like, that's, she thinks it's, it's great. Like a lot of people are doing it. She's like, as long as you're comfortable with it, you know, um, she didn't have a problem either. So my lifestyle choices haven't, um, affected them. Knock wood. I hope it never comes back to affect them. And if it would, I know that the two of them would stand 10 toes down, um, to support the choices that I've made because I, I don't go out of my way to hurt people. Um, anybody that I've done any sort of content with, it's been consensual. I've never like secretly recorded anyone. Consent, consent, consent. This is the month of October, Kinktober, priorities always consent, consent, consent. So I've never uh, tricked anyone or anything like that. It's it's always been above board. It's always been consensual. Um, but yeah, having having adult children has been a really interesting journey. There are times where I feel they're more like my siblings um, than, you know, my young people. And then, you know, there are times where I have to rough them up and remember <laughs> that they are my young people um, and, and, you know, not my siblings. But it's it's been a great journey. It's been an interesting journey. Um, I'm happy that I had them young enough that I'm at the age where I can enjoy them and enjoy my relationship with them and that they're, um, at an age where, um, you know, they just have a better understanding of, of the world and a, and a good appreciation for their life and the privilege that they've had in their lives because they've been some spoiled, they've been some spoiled kids. Um, they're well-traveled, they're well-read, like there, there isn't anything that they've ever wanted that they never got. Um, just in terms of the gadgets, the gizmos, the toys, the clothes, the, the everything. Um, but it's it's interesting now also to watching them as adults and, and sometimes listening to the things that you say, because you, you never really think about the lessons that you learn from your parents, good, bad or otherwise, and the things that you repeat to your, your children when you have them and when you were an adult, you know what I mean? And so sometimes listening to them say things that I know that I've said to them, it's funny because... Cycles really do, uh, they're cyclical. They they really do repeat themselves and there are moments that repeat themselves. Although I, I strive really hard not to um, repeat the things that I know that were offensive or hurtful, you know, that we were raised with because it's just unnecessary. There's different ways to communicate. And, and that's one of the things that I um, always strove to do in in raising them so having adult children it's 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 definitely fun it's been an interesting journey there are a lot of times so my daughter still lives at home my son is married um but there are a lot of times where we get on a, a video call and you know with their older brother as well and there's just laughs galore and it's just it's fun um and i enjoy enjoy them as people i know people say like you know loving your kids is important but i think that it's it's also really important to like your kids because i think a lot of people have children and they love their kids but they don't necessarily like their children or like them as people or like who they've become i can confidently say that i love my my uh young adults um but i like them i like them as individuals they both have very interesting uh senses of humor um, they're very, they're both very thoughtful. Um, they're both very kind. They're both very stubborn, <laughs> you know, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's been a, it's been a, a really interesting journey. And, um, 
good, bad, or otherwise, the lumps and bumps along the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change anything. Hopefully I answered that question. I know I got kind of was all over the place. Um, but most importantly, the question, do they know about your lifestyle choices? Yes, they do. And they don't have any, um, issue with it. <sighs> Next question, <laughs> AJ, what are three things you think could eliminate or minimize the divorce rate? Um, this one was an interesting question for me, um, because I am divorced. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a conversation that I've had with friends, um, over time. And, and especially like recently, you know, there's been a lot of celebrity divorces and I know that that doesn't, um, you know, even count for a quarter of of what's happening in the world and, and the relationships where people do stay together long term. Um, but I know that relationships now are not like, you know, 40, 50 years ago where people had to stay in situations because they had no other choices. When I say people, I mean women in particular because they didn't have any sort of uh, other financial support and what have you. But as crazy as this is going to sound, I honestly think that people living together uh, before getting married or before making that choice to get engaged uh, I think it's a good thing and not where one person moves into another person's space, but where the two of you consciously decide to, um, get a place together and live together, say, you know, six months to a year. I think you'd have to sign a, a year lease to see how it is. Um, a lot of people that I know, interestingly enough, have gotten married and never lived with the person. They may have spent like a night or two here or there. And I always feel like people are on their best behavior when you are visiting because you're visiting. So, you know, um, so for women, for example, you know, they'll, they'll pass gas around their friends. They'll put their fault around their friends. They might belch around their friends, but when they're around their man, they won't do those things. And so he has no idea that these are things that could possibly happen, you know, um, for men, you know, whenever your girl's visiting, you always put down the toilet seat. But when she's not there, your toilet seat is up. There's pee on the rim and pee on the floor. You understand what I'm saying? So um, and just just different things habitually that people do that they won't necessarily do when their girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, intended, whomever they're dating um, comes to visit. Because you, you never want to show your ass, really, you know, figuratively, not literally. You're always putting on your best behavior for the most part when people uh, are around. You're always cleaning up. You know, you're you're preparing your place for when your 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 person comes to visit or hang out. Um, I think living together honestly would prevent a lot of people from choosing to get married or really and truly solidifying for people that they sh they can get married and these are things that they can they can work through. Um, after, you know, you say the IDs and after the honeymoon is done and you're actually in this person's face all the time, it's difficult because you're in this person's face all the time. How do you navigate conflict? If in your dating phase, you've had minimal amounts of arguments and you always dead the issue because, you know, you just want to get to the happier times. Now you're living in a space with a person. How do you deal with conflict? How do you resolve conflict? Are you a person that can actually share 24-7, 365 days a, a year? Because now you are living with this person and that is the reality. Like, what is yours? Is that person's and and, and so on. So... Some people may not agree and that is entirely fine, but I think living together, like an agreed amount of time of living together to see how you function together 
could be helpful and useful for people who are considering getting married, um, just so you see how you navigate within that space. Um, the second thing I think is more selfless sex. Um, I will say for women, and I'm, I'm not speaking for the masses, but I know it, it's more so with women than it is with guys, that, you know, sucking dick as a token, um, you know what, let me not say it like that. People who um, perform oral as a token to get the pussy wet, to get the dick hard, but they're not actually doing it from a place of enjoyment. They're not actually doing it from a place of love. They're not actually doing it from a place of, this is just for you. I want to do this to make you happy. Those kind of people, you need to dash with them. You know, more selfless sex. Suck that dick because you want that person to be happy because you want to make them feel good. Suck that dick like it's the best lollipop, ice cream, corn, whatever you like to put in your mouth. Pretend it's that and and suck on it for dear life suck on it like it's oxygen if it's the clit suck on it like it's it's the ventilator to to life <laughs> you know what i mean um and and you know switch things up make it exciting make it fun um you know when you used to wear your lingerie when you guys were recording why are you now wearing big old dirty pajamas and bingo buggy to bed you know Still, all the things that we used to do that were fun and exciting when we were in the courting and dating stage, why do we stop doing those things once we get married? Why does it become a chore now that you're married? You know, you need to figure out ways to keep up the fun and excitement in your life and and have more selfless sex. If you're the one who's used to always, um, your partner's the one who always initiates, get off your ass and initiate some things, you know? Um make it even, make it fair, make it balanced. The same excitement that you had when you were dating, put that same excitement back into your, your uh, marriage and keep it there, you know? Um, and then the last thing I would say, my mantra, more individual self-care. Um, on the flip side, which is interesting because I just said more selfless sex, but take sex out of the equation. On the, on the flip side, we need to spend moments taking care of ourselves so that we can continue taking care of us. We need to spend more time um, you know, doing the self-care moment so that you have enough energy, enough emotional strength. Um, you know, you're building on your emotional intelligence in order to be able to pour back into your relationship. As everyone knows, trying to pour from an empty cup gives you nothing but dust, right? You have to be able to put back into you, you know, take a day if you can afford it, uh, go to the spa, you know, take a day and sleep in, you know, what, whatever it is. I know oftentimes when we're in relationships, we're very focused on doing for the other person and making sure that the other person is good and all this kind of stuff. You need to sometimes stop and make sure that you're doing that for yourself as well so that you don't feel burnt out, so that you don't feel bitter, so that you don't feel, um, you know, angry, so that you don't feel tired, so that you don't feel, you know, the gamut of negative emotions. Sometimes we get so caught up in caring for everybody else, we forget to care about ourselves, that we start to be resentful of the fact that we have to care for, you know, other other people and do all these things. Um, but you, you do, you definitely need to take more time, um, for self-care when you're, especially when you're married, um, because rejuvenating your spirit and rejuvenating your soul, rejuvenating yourself allows you to be able to continue doing all the good things that you do in your relationship without feeling resentment, um, and to continue to move forward in a happy way. And always, you know, the two things that I think are key and most important, whether they're hard conversations or not, communication, especially the hard conversations, you know, you have to do the hard talk sometimes and not hard talk in the way that it's, it's angry and loud, but the difficult conversations that you're avoiding, do them respectfully, um, 
They may be difficult. You may want to avoid them, but you definitely, definitely need to have them. Next question. Um, hi, AJ. Do you think having a work wife or husband is a bad thing? So I've, ha I've had this uh, debate with someone and I think I'm going to actually make it a, a podcast episode because it would be good for you guys to hear the other side. Um, I don't see an issue with it as long as there's boundaries. Um, I don't even see an issue with having personal conversation with your work wife or work husband as long as there are boundaries in place. Like I know that sometimes there's a potential, of course, for those types of relationships to develop in a way that could be detrimental to the the actual relationship that you're in. Um, whether it be by comparison, whether it be because, you know, this person truly listens to you, you know, again, for me, it's all about the boundaries. You can have a great work husband, a great work wife, you know, where you guys hang out, you bring lunch for one another. Um, you may even have a friendship outside of the work, but as long as there's a boundary, as long as you're not having this person be an emotional replacement for the relationship that you're in, you know, uh, it's easy enough to get caught up with people who are always there for us. They always listen to us. But when you start th saying things like, you know, you listen to me. When I talk to John, he never listens to me, but you always listen to what I have to say. And, you know, or it's, you know, uh, Becky Sue, she doesn't make lunch for me like this. She puts raisins in the goddamn potato salad. And I keep telling her I don't like raisins and potato salad, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> yes, I'm being an ass. But the point is, as long as there's a healthy boundary between you and the person who is your work wife or work husband, where it truly is just a friendship, then I have no issue with it. Again, the problems come in where, um, you know, you start doing comparisons or, you know, and I even think it's even even better if your your actual spouse knows about your work. That's what that's the next problem, too, when it's a secret. You know, you're at a work function now and, and John comes over to say hi to your husband and you're like, you know, flustered and your husband's noticing and you're like, oh, this is John. You know, this is uh, and you're like, oh, John, you know, I've never heard your name before. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm her. I'm her work husband. <laughs> Next thing, you know what I mean? You and your real husband is having fights because he, he's never heard of John before. Consequently, you know, um, you're at work and you're introducing Becky Sue to, you know, sorry, you're introducing your, your wife to Becky. Sorry, you're introducing your work wife to Becky Sue. And, you know, there's, there's a, a potluck and you're, you're eating your work wife's potato salad, but not Becky Sue's. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, so like I said, boundaries, uh, like in, in any, uh, friendship where you have a spouse or a partner, boundaries are, are important. Um, you know, again, you can have healthy friendships with people that you work with, although I know sometimes workplaces discourage that kind of thing. But as long as it's not um, a ploy to fill in the gaps for the issues that you're having in your actual relationship, I don't see any, a problem with it. Um, someone that I talk to, they're just like flat out, no, just no, <laughs> you know, they don't care what the reasons are. Your, your uh, people that you work with are not your friends. And, and I, to some degree, I also agree with that statement, but I do think that there are friendships that you develop with people where they become your friends, you know, um, 
somebody that I know, one of his, who was just a coworker has now become his best friend. Like they don't, you know, and she, she's married. She, um, you know, they, they know each other's spouses, all four of them hang out together. Uh, there's never been anything inappropriate or, or untoward, um, or anything like that. So they've actually developed a friendship outside of work. Um, you know, but this one individual that I spoke with, when I asked him the question, he said, no, like no work wives, no work husbands. Like, what do you need that for? You have a real life husband. You have a real life wife. Make them your friend. <laughs> you know, and I get it. Um, but like I said, my opinion is that I think that you can have, um, a healthy relationship or friendship, you know, with your work wife or work husband, as long as there are boundaries maintained and neither one is trying to fill an emotional gap with that person. So, uh, and the last one I'm going to tackle is an email, uh, that was sent and I have spoken to the person, um, shout out to her. Uh, her name is Jalisa. Um, and yes, she gave me permission to say her name. So it says, good day, AJ. If your friend was with someone uh, who was doing them bad, would you tell them to leave or stay or just stay out of it? My best friend is with a woman who treats him like he's her servant. I know he's not happy because he complains, but he loves her. I think he needs to leave and there's too many examples of why he should. I've even talked to my man about it and he agrees my best friend should break up with his girl. I'm sad for him and tired of him being hurt and her playing in his face all the time. I don't think that she knows. Um, I don't think she knows that he's cried over this shit repeatedly and has me feeling like I want to beat her ass. I'm not even sure what to say to him anymore. And I really just want to tell him straight up to walk, walk out. But I don't want to be an insensitive ass either. I'd love your feedback on this. Thanks in advance. And yes, you can mention my name. LOL, Jalisa. Ah, boy. Um, <laughs> so I know that, okay, so I have friends who say they would never tell their friend to leave their man, their woman, their person, their whomever, because they never want the person to come back and say, oh, it's your fault, my relationship mashup. I am not that person. I am the friend that if I repeatedly see that you are, your man, your woman, your person, your whomever is treating you bad, playing in your face, disrespecting you, cheating on you, um, is just like, just, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like, you need to leave. I, and it's not, it's for me, it's not gender specific. Like it, whatever the, the, whatever you identify as you're my friend. If you're with somebody who is disrespectful, cheating on you, treats you like trash, um, does nothing for you. You're always crying. You're always miserable. You're always unhappy. Um, and you're living in that space of, of continual regret. I'm going to tell you, like, you need to leave. Like you've, I, and you know what? And even before that, I will, I will give you the sound advice. Okay. Well, have you talked to him? Have you, have you talked, not him, but have you talked to them? Have you tried counseling? Have you, you know, whatever it is, I, I do give helpful suggestions before, you know, please. Yeah. Don't misunderstand me. I do give helpful suggestions before I say like enough is enough, but at some point, enough is enough. And the crazy thing is, I feel like some of our friends need to hear somebody say to them, like, you need to, you need to stop now. Like it's, it's time. And if it means that I am the bad guy, if it means that I have to hold you every time that you cry, if it means I have to sit and hold your hand and listen to you bemoan this, this individual, if it means that you are going to rant one day and say to me, it's your fault. We broke, I'm okay to take all that because my broad, my back is broad and my shoulders are strong. I will take that. 
if it means that you are no longer in a situation where you are, I say to people all the time, it's better to be miserable by yourself than be in a relationship where you're lonely and miserable and you have somebody. That to me is just wild and crazy. I would rather see you cry and and be the shoulder that you cry on and help you get through the loneliness and, and being single and having to go back to dating than sit another minute listening to you cry because somebody is intentionally making you cry because they don't give a fuck about you. I will be that friend that tells you to leave. I will give you all the helpful and supportive suggestion and ad- suggestions and advice first to help you navigate through it. I'll even offer to talk to your person. I know I don't, you don't want that because <laughs> those conversations are never pleasant or polite, but I will give you all the support and all the supportive suggestions. But at some point I'm going to say to you, you need to make a choice. And if I personally feel like it's a choice that you want to make, but you feel like you can't, I will tell you to leave. If it means that I have to be the person that is the bad guy, I will take being the bad guy. If it means that it's giving you a way out even if you come back to me and say, you know what, I should have stayed. Look, I broke up with him. It's your fault that we broke. I, I'll even take that. You and I both know that that's not true. But I will even take that because like I said, my back is broad and my shoulders are strong. I don't believe in staying in relationships where you're miserable. It makes no sense to me. Like I get that, you know, people are like, oh, but you know, I'm going to get with somebody else. They may do this. They may, they may not. But you don't know. Because you're in that situation, you can't paint everybody with a brush to say that, oh, well, you know, my next relationship, your next relationship could be your greatest relationship, right? Your next relationship could be your greatest relationship because, because you you know, oh, well, I've been here for, listen to me, there are people who've been married for 20, 30, 40, and 50 years and get divorced because they finally one day wake up and say, after such a long time, that they don't want to stay in this place of misery anymore. I, I I don't know if I've told this story, but I remember the supermarket that I used to go to. There was a lady there that we de- we developed this casual acquaintanceship, and you know, uh, one day she got to talking to me about her mom and her mom, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you know, every every time I'd see her, I'm like, hey, how are things? How's your mom? And I remember one day she looked at me. She's like, my parents got divorced. I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, they were married for I think she was 43. She's like, they've been married for like 45 years. I was like, oh, damn. I'm like, so what happened? She's like, my mom decided that she was tired and she left. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, Her mother woke up one day and said that she was tired of living a lie. And now that she realized, you know, that her kids are grown, grown, and she didn't have to stay in this place of misery, she was done. And people will convince you, oh, you've already been married for 45 years. Why are you going to listen to me? There is no amount of time that can go by that anybody could ever tell you that you should stay miserable and unhappy. It could be a hundred years. On a hundred years and one day, if you decide that you've had enough, then that's the time that you decide. But me personally, I would have said to you a long time, like the kids are big. Like from your kids hit 20. And I get that sometimes, you know, so let's just take it from the places as being women. And, and I, I know the situation is for, for men as well. Um, I know that sometimes we stay because we have kids. So let's let's put kids into the equation. Sometimes we stay in the relationship we have because we have kids and, you know, you want your kid. But listen to me. And, and, and I will tell you from personal experience, kids know what's going on. They're not dumb. As much as you try to play nice in, in their faces and, and make everything all happy and, and joy, the kids know. They, they do. They know. You're not hiding anything from them. And for as long as people have been on the planet and for everybody who thinks that, oh, their kids are not going to know and they're going to stay there, your kids know. Your, your kid, you're, you're not unique. You are not special in that way. Your kids know. They just do. 
So for me, trying to encourage somebody to stay in a relationship where they're miserable and unhappy, especially when you have children, I don't, I, I don't know. Like me personally, when I made that choice um, to separate from the children's dad, uh, I sat with it for a really long time. I'm not going to lie. I sat with it for more than a year and thought about what is everyone going to say? What is everyone going to think? Um, you know, what about the, the children? Maybe we should just stay together for the kids so that they have. I thought about all of those. And every day I was spiraling deeper and deeper into misery, deeper and deeper into depression. And as much as you try to hide your, your feelings from your kids, they know. They pick up on it. They know. They can feel it. They know. Because um, you can't always smile. You know, I remember one time... Uh, I don't remember what we were doing or whatever, but I, I went upstairs to the bathroom and I was crying in the bathroom and I was trying to cry, cry quietly. And I, th I think my son was maybe three at the time and him knocking on the door and saying, you know, like, mommy, can I come in? And I'm like, just a second, you know? And so, you know, I wash off my face, dry my face and I let him in and he's looking at me and you could see the look on his face. Like he knew I was crying. You know, you try to do, they, they just, they know, um, but take children out of the equation. If you're in a, a relationship where the person is um, disrespectful in so many different ways and on so many different levels, I will be the friend that tells you you need to go. I will be the friend that tells you that person is not good for you. And if I also need to be the friend that takes the brunt of your emotions, whether you're angry, whether you want to tell me that I'm the cause of your breakup because I told you to leave him and you wanted to stay, I will also take that. And I will also be the friend that is there so that you can cry on my shoulder. I will also be the friend that you can call in the middle of the night and say that you just need somebody. I will also be the friend that will listen to every rant. But I'm going to be the friend that tells you that that person ain't shit and they don't deserve you and you need to leave. And on that joyous note, <laughs> um, yeah, relationships are, they're, they're not always easy. But when they're done right and both people are making a conscious effort, they can be a beautiful thing. Um, never think that that person is the only person out there for you. Because if that person was the person for you, they wouldn't be treating you in the manner that they're treating you. And a lot of people use the word love very trivially. Um, I try my best not to. And I know people say, oh, but it's just, it's just a word. It's not about the word. It's about the intention behind the word. When somebody tells you that they love you, there should be no room for them making you unhappy. There should be no room for them causing you misery. There should be no room for intentional disrespect. There should be no room for things like cheating. Um, there should be no room for pain in your heart. Love is supposed to be a joyful emotion. So if somebody is causing you that level of distress and grief, as much as they want to say that they love you, that's really and truly what not lo what love's, that's not what love is supposed to feel like. Love is a positive, uplifting, joyful, joyous, sustaining, and beautiful emotion. So when someone tells you that they love you, but they continue to disrespect you, continue to hurt you, continue to make you feel miserable and happy, continue to make you feel alone, you might really want to question whether or not that's truly love. That is my six cents worth of information and advice. Um, Jalisa, thank you for that email. Hopefully I answered your question. Girl, 
I don't know. Um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to continue to belabor it, but you know, um, be the friend that you know that she needs. That's the best way that I can say it. Be sorry. He needs be the friend that you know, your best friend needs. Be the friend that you know, your friend needs. And that's it. So posse, bless up yourselves. Um, Thanks for being here for my first episode back in my fourth year. Um, I do have a, a few things that are coming and I will let you know what they are as things unfold. I'm still trying to get things um, sorted out, but happy to be back. Happy to be recording again. Um, it was a great break, but I'm definitely happy to be back doing one of the things that I am most passionate about. One of the things that I enjoy and one of the things that I love. Posse, thank you so much for your support over these months that um, I've been on hiatus. You've all been great to everyone who's reached out and everyone who's messaged everyone who supports the podcast and supports the brand i appreciate you infinitely possibly big up on a blood clot self this has been the pum pum chronicles podcast um practice your self-care practice your self-love continue to invest in yourself you are the single most important person in your life because if you don't do for you properly you cannot do for anyone else love you peace and blessings always I've been drinking more alcohol for the past five days Did you check on me? Now did you look for me? I walked in the room, eyes are red and I don't smoke banga Did you check on me? Did you check on me? Now did you notice me? Put a smile on my face If I said you can never face Ooh. And if you don't know me well, well You won't see how buried I am inside my grave Inside my grave Cause you see people, 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 people Don't really know you They don't really know you Look for me, I walked in the